Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Agriculture is Saskatchewan. And 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by G3. You've got grain to sell, we're buying. G3 Grain Elevators in Saskatchewan are open for business and want to buy your grain. Find a G3 Grain Elevator near you today at g3smarter.ca. And brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. Today, we have a weekly look at grain markets and see prices for wheat and canola both on the rise. There's a chat with the author of the Canada Food Price Report on trends amid COVID-19. We take a closer look at the major irrigation project. This is a major irrigation project, hundreds of millions of dollars announced for Lake Diefenbaker. And nominations are open for four positions on the Saskatchewan Canola Growers Board of Directors. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. Wheat and canola prices were showing some upward movement this week. PI Financial Futures Commodity Advisor Adam Pacallo says wheat gained about 20 cents a bushel this week, while canola was up about $8 a ton. Well, Jim, there are some interesting moves on the wheat front, actually. So this week, there were the USDA came out and uh, trimmed its estimates for U.S. all-wheat production to 1.848 billion bushels from 1.877 in June, and that's according to to Reuters, as well as production estimates have also declined in other wheat-producing countries like Russia and France. So actually on Wednesday, the September futures contract, Chicago wheat was up 22 cents, Kansas City up 16, Minneapolis up 10, um, and that trend has actually continued a little bit higher here yesterday as well as today too. So uh, on the Minneapolis wheat front, the September contract has kind of started to break out a little bit of its lower trend and uh, has increased approximately 20 cents uh, in the last kind of week. Now, on the canola side of things, uh, canola has actually broken out higher. Um, so that's one positive side just from the soybean market. I believe more has been the kind of the determining factor. So on resistance is now around that 485 on canola. And uh, we are kind of hitting that level, which might take a little bit more news to get above. So how much did canola change this week? Canola on the November futures increased approximately $8 a ton where we are sitting currently as we speak. Uh, the price is at about $483 a ton. What's wheat at price per bushel? 
price for Beauchamp's this September, Minneapolis is at $5.21. And what's the outlook going forward next week and beyond? Next week and beyond, there is going to be a interest rate announcement on Wednesday by the Bank of Canada. So just, again, that's a, an economic report that most will be watching to see where rates could be headed. Many are expecting them to stay lower, possibly for this next year. But again, that could be something that could affect the currency front and, again, basis levels and, and canola prices. So are you thinking prices will go up next week or down? Right now, when I look at the trend of canola, it is still positive. However, I think we could come into a little bit of selling here um, if we do see prices start to increase. And so I am, I would say, have a little bit of my hedging hat on and going to be protecting prices. Adam Picallo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial in Regina. Um, back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This segment is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. And brought to you by Selford Group. The summer early order program is extended through July. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. The author of Canada's Food Price Report says COVID-19 is making it difficult to predict future trends. As a result, Sylvain Charlebois says he's joining forces with the University of Saskatchewan and UBC. COVID really has affected uh, everything uh, in the economy. Uh, typically, when you look at food prices, you'll look at wages, energy costs, uh, of course, climate change, these types of things. And, and over time, you can sort of predict what may happen over the next 12 months. But COVID was really... was was violent. It was brutal. Uh, it was, uh, it affected, uh, the economy in many different ways, uh, very, very rapidly, very swiftly. So that's why we just need more expertise to see, to assess whether or not, um, uh, we can actually forecast this thing. Uh, I'll give you an example, food service. I mean, food service, Typically, the Canadian household was spending 20, 36% of its budget on food service. Well, for three months, it was almost zero. So how do you predict that? <laughs> it's never happened before. Charlebois was asked about any improvement for the food service industry. Right now, it's, it's all anecdotal. Uh, we are seeing more people out there uh, enjoying themselves. It is the summertime, uh, but of course, uh, I, most restaurants aren't operating at capacity uh, because they have uh, their specific measures they need to follow. And so uh, it's going to be, of course, it's good that, uh, that people are out there again, but uh, only time will tell whether or not Canadians are out there. We actually published a survey recently, about uh, three weeks ago, showing that the Canadian population is split. Uh, half will want to wait for a second wave to occur, and the other half uh, are willing to go out at least once this summer. But uh, the 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 majority of Canadians are still quite hesitant uh, to go out there and and have a nice meal at a restaurant. 
Charlotte Bois is a professor at the University of Dalhousie and a former professor at the University of Regina. He says food price trends this summer are uncertain. Really, uh, right now, there's this uh, decoupling happening between the general inflation rate and the food inflation rate. The general inflation rate is at minus 0.4%. The food inflation rate is at 3.4%. So you can see that really... Um, food prices are really moving higher while everything else is getting cheaper. How long will that last? Well, nobody really agrees. Uh, some some experts are saying, well, we're just about to see a higher general inflation rate, while others do believe that the, this decoupling phenomena will only continue. So that's why we wanted more expertise. We wanted more help from two other universities because uh, really nobody really knows for sure what's, what's likely to happen. Charlotte Bois says food prices may show a new reality. It, it remains to be seen how food systems are going to be affected by COVID. But the one thing that is uh, slowly emerging is, is the fact that more people may be working from home. Uh, some people may not realize it, but it's a, it's a huge factor uh, from a macroeconomic perspective. If people stay home to work, they'll be spending less at the restaurant. They'll be spending differently at the grocery store as well. They'll be cooking more as well. Um, so if this working from home thing continues, uh, I suspect that uh, the food industry will have to readjust very quickly. And so that's going to be interesting to see. And, and we're also seeing the, the impact of, of, of people just leaving urban centers uh, because they need the space. Uh, they don't want to be confined to, to a small space again for three months. Where I, I actually am I'm working from the cottage uh, these days, and I can tell you the real estate market in cottage country uh, is just booming. Uh, there are lots of people looking for new homes, leaving uh, Montreal. It's the same happening in Toronto, and I suspect uh, uh, you're seeing similar phenomena happening out west. University of Dalhousie professor Sylvain Charlebois is a researcher in food policy and author of Canada's Food Price Report. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. Right now I'm talking to Musu Taylor-Lewis. She's the Director of Resources and Public Engagement at the Canadian Food Grains Bank. COVID-19 has impacted a lot of stakeholders in the agricultural industry. Uh, Canadian Food Grains Bank, I'm sure, is not untouched from all of this. What, What impact has it had on your fundraising abilities? Well, we have uh we have been when we when COVID nineteen started in March, we were like everybody else looking out and saying, How is this what is this going to do? How is this going to impact our community? And uh our regional reps went out and called uh our support base and just checked in and said, How are you doing? We were pleasantly surprised surprised to hear, you know, about nine out of ten people that we called were feeling okay and positive. And our fundraising actually has been impacted in a couple of ways. 
The first is that a lot of our um, events uh, that raise money in the spring have had to be cancelled or postponed. And part of that positive response we got from supporters was that they were still feeling optimistic that they'd be able to postpone those events. And some, a few of them even um, changing those to digital events, which was surprising because um, of the older demographic that a lot of our support comes from. But uh, people are determined and committed. Um, on the other hand, um, with a growing project, uh, because a lot of that seeding is a solitary um, activity, uh, the growing projects uh, met online by phone. They made uh, the effort to keep going and decided that they'll keep going. So the majority of our growing projects seeded this uh, spring, and we're just waiting to see how um, that comes out on the other end. How they will be impacted is that the fundraising events that went into um, some of the costs of inputs and other things for the growing season uh, were cancelled. And so we might see a reduction in the, um, in the income in the fall. But for now, we are very pleased that our support base has rallied and has made extra effort to see those fields seeded this year. What kind of impact has COVID-19 had on world hunger? Well, it's rising. We know that it's rising. Um, like I said, this morning we heard from African Development Bank, and we'd already heard previously from World Food Program, that it is expected that um, another um, the number of people in the most severe forms of food crisis will double this year. And so we're looking at... Um, about 350 million people being pushed into the highest levels of food crisis. And what we mean when we say the highest levels, it means people who are miss skipping meals. It means people who are selling assets in order to put food on the table, tools that were secure for a couple of years to come, uh, livestock, um, they're getting to that point of desperation where they're not getting enough income to put the basic meal on the table. Uh, malnutrition will be on the rise. Now, when we talk about world hunger, uh, a lot of times our, our mind jumps to a place very, very far away, possibly where many mm-hmm. of us have never been to. Mm-hmm. But, but even in North America, or even more specifically here in Canada, yes. there's a lot of hunger issues here too. Absolutely. And I, I think uh, what this does, this particular event does, and we know that there are... Um, additional people affected here in Canada, what this particular event does, I think for the first time in living memory, that one event is affecting the whole world in very similar ways. Uh, The difference for us here in Canada is that we have the social safety net that many of those people who would otherwise be going long-term into crisis are are going to be, um, they're going to have uh, that social safety net net to uh, depend on for a short term in order to make sure that they bounce back faster. Um, what we're seeing about the rest of the world is that we're, we're all in the same storm, but not in the same boat. And uh, what that means is that many of these uh, people in, in developing countries do not have a, a government that can afford a social safety net. Secondly, the number of people who depend on a daily wage is so much higher. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. Yay. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. 
620 CKRM Farm Weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM Farm Weather, increasing cloudiness today. A few showers this afternoon, risk of a thunderstorm, wind northwest 20, the high 25, the low 12. Tomorrow, sunny, wind northwest 20, the high 26, the low 12. Sunday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of showers, the high 26, the low 11. Monday, sunny and a high 22, the low 9. Tuesday, sunny, the high 23, the low 12 degrees. Wednesday, partly cloudy with a high 23, the low 12. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high 23. Normal high for this date, 25, the normal low is 11. The sun rose at 4.59 this morning. It sets at 9.09 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, yellow grass in the southeast at 25 degrees. The cold spot, cypress hills in the southwest at 11. Estevan is 23, Saskatoon 24, Swift Current 19, Weyburn 24, Yorkton is 23. In Regina, under severe thunderstorm watch and cloudy, it's 23 degrees. Winds are from the south southeast at 21. Humidity is 56%, the barometer dropping 101.5. Cloudy and Moose Jaw, 23 degrees. Winds are from the south, southeast at 17. Once again, Regina with a severe thunderstorm watch. It's cloudy and 23. That's 73 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Or you're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And Sask Municipal Hail Insurance. SMHI Crop Hail Insurance at cost. Online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. SMHI.ca the chair of the Saskatchewan Irrigation Projects Association is looking forward to the future following the announcement last Thursday of a $4 billion project at Lake Diefenbaker. The work will occur in three phases over the next 10 years and cost in the neighborhood of $4 billion. Officials say up to another 500,000 acres of farmland will be irrigated from Lake Diefenbaker, about double the current total. Aaron Gray farms in the Brownlee-Eyebrow area, about 60 kilometers northwest of Moose Jaw. He says expanded irrigation will create a lot of economic opportunity. Grow higher value foods and uh, get more processing in the area. Export table food instead of import table food. You know, that would be just a perfect dream. And I think everything combined with uh, everything happening with the economy and needing something to spur the economy and COVID here, people are looking more on food safety and wanting to know where their food's coming from. I think everything all rolled up to a perfect little package and also flood mitigation and drought proofing. The federal government's been wanting to do a lot of work of that with the green programs and the province figures that this is a perfect time and, and we all think it's a perfect time and yeah, let's change Saskatchewan. Expanding irrigation at Lake Diefenbaker is not a new idea. Government lobbying has been going on for over three decades. Like everybody's scared to write a big check for that, but we had to keep saying, you know, you do not write this check at once. It's a little bit at a time. It's a little bit at a time. And, and if you put so much a year into the project, eventually you'll get to the end and your money will come back to you for what the value added is. 
Gray was asked Ottawa's commitment to the project. Well, I haven't heard any numbers for commitment, but uh, just in talks with the federal government, they're wanting to push some sort of irrigation initiative and flood mitigating and stuff like that. So I can't see them not being on board with this. Gray gives a brief overview of the mega project. They're going to uh, widen the canal out, the west side canal, and uh, enlarge it and uh, get the water to the source. And then there will be pumping stations set up that will then branch off onto various areas of farmland. And, uh, of course, there will be a, a drainage plan, you know, in case you get Mother Nature decides to dump a bunch of water on you, that the water can be utilized back into the reservoir and then irrigated back onto the land so so hopefully in a perfect world there will be a very low environmental risk and a very positive environmental outcome with uh, the deer population might increase and you name it there'll be lots more other species that'll flourish when there's lots of water and lots of vegetation growth the additional capacity will give more farmers an opportunity to use irrigation. There's going to be producers that have never run an irrigation pivot before, so there's going to be a steep learning curve, but the fundamentals are the same, right? You put water on, you put the fertility in, you put the seeds in the ground, you're going to get a crop. And the more water and the fertility you put on, the bigger and potentially better crop you can get, right? So so the, the biggest thing is, is what limits a farmer from putting all the groceries per se onto the crop is whether they're going to get the rain. But if you can guarantee yourself the moisture every year, can you imagine what Saskatchewan can grow? Gray says one long-term goal is to grow vegetables that will be processed in our province. I think it's a lot easier to transport food once it's processed than it is in the raw form. Nice thing is, you know, there's primary highways around. We've got a global transportation hub that's uh, smack dab in the middle of Saskatchewan. You got primary highways on both the south and the north routes going to it. What better thing can you have for transportation to process the food here in Saskatchewan, create more jobs, and then export food out? Before that happens, though, the infrastructure needs to be built. A processor won't come if there's not any irrigation to grow the produce that it wants to process. So you have to have the infrastructure in and the pivot's starting to go up. So the first couple of years, it's likely going to be your the crops that these dryland farmers are used to growing, but they're just going to grow more of it. And then the processors will have to show up before it gets converted into more table foods, I believe. Now, there is also, you know, there's a food fresh, Saskatchewan-grown vegetables and stuff that gets all in all the co-op grocery stores. And they've started a little niche market there that can easily be expanded upon. And so table foods will start to get grown here almost straight away, too, but not until they all of a sudden get a bigger market to expand on, right? Aaron Gray is the chair of the Saskatchewan Irrigation Projects Association. A $4 billion mega project over the next 10 years is expected to double the area of irrigated land from Lake Diefenbaker. Yeah. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by YAC Auctions, the first name you should think of in the auction business, call 782-5999. 
Nominations are now open to fill four positions on SAS Canola's eight-member board of directors. Lane Stockbruger of Engelfeld is the chair of the nominations committee. Nominations close on September 18th. The term starts in the new year. He tells us that potential candidates have to meet certain criteria. The term will be a four-year uh, term. Uh, nominations are, are open now. The way, the way our board works is uh, you're allowed two four-year terms, um, up to eight years in total. Certainly we have uh, some board members that uh, uh, choose to, to run one for four years or others who, uh, who choose to run a second term and uh, you know, go forward for, for a total of eight years. Uh, from my perspective, we're looking for individuals who are, are you know, willing and, and interested and engaged and excited to, to kind of give back to the industry uh, for a four-year term. And if, uh, if they like what they see and, and want to continue, continue on and, and engage further, I would certainly ask that uh, they put their name forward for a second four-year term as well. Stockbrugger says the board focuses on research to improve crops and put more money in farmers' pockets. Big portion, about 40% of our budget on an annual year, uh, is spent on on budget on on research projects. And uh, to give you a sense, in the 2018-2019 year, we spent uh, just under four million dollars on 22 canola-related research projects. And we work with other organizations to help make that those dollars go even further. So whether that be uh, our counterparts in other provinces that are canola associations, or working with our national partners like uh, the Canola Council of Canada and the Canadian Canola Growers. So always looking at opportunities of, of you know, how can we uh, stretch our research dollars to the, to the greatest degree. So in terms of uh, the, the areas that we focus on, research is, uh, is a big part in trying to determine which are those projects that uh, we feel are uh, of greatest uh, opportunity and maybe impact for the farmer and, and putting those ones forward to, uh, to our research manager to have them manage and, and lead it forward. Also things like canola promotion and the marketing of it. Um, so on the marketing of it in terms of internationally, we work with the Canola Council of Canada on that piece. And uh, it, it's really an interesting file to understand the markets that we're working to continue to grow our, our market share in, but also those new market opportunities and where those exist and how we can, can gain access to them. So for, from a board member's perspective, you've got great opportunity to kind of grow your knowledge, to share your perspectives and opinions on that, and represent farmers in, in your area and beyond uh, that you think would uh, be those issues that we want to tackle and, and focus on as, as, uh, as the Saskatchewan Canola Development Commission. Stockburger says the workload includes four meetings a year and likely 20 to 30 days a year. There are about 20,000 farmers eligible to vote. Lane Stockburger of Engelfeld is the chair of the SAS Canola Nominations Committee. All applications for the four positions on the board of directors must be received no later than 4 p.m. on September 18th. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornsson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Viterra's prices for canola rose $1.80. 
at $444.78. Number one red spring wheat fell 22 cents at $227.97. The rest were all unchanged. Durham 266.39. Feed barley 195.70. Flax 515.79. Lentils $612.50. Oats, 261.16. Yellow peas, $251.89. And feed wheat, 172.88. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, September spring wheat is down three quarters of a cent at 525 and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Source 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia 642-4180 or Weyburn 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Now the latest livestock quotations. This is Grant Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. 230 on offer here for the week. Column bull market looked a couple bucks stronger. These yearlings, they continue to sell a little stronger every week. These good cows, 84.50, right up to 94. Some of these sales crowd and a buck on these high yielding kind of cows. The good bulls, $1.20 to $1.31. Kelly Shaver's big red bull, Medengoff cowboy, 2.2305, 135 and a quarter for $3,117 for a cull bull. The seven weight steers, they topped out at 204.75. Eight weight steers to 192. We had some nine weight steers at 177.50. Regular sale of cows, bulls, and yearlings is every Tuesday at 8.30. And we're receiving on the Mondays from 1 till 7. This is Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have one great afternoon. And the latest Saskatchewan pork prices for SIG 4, Brandon Plant, 122.20 per CKG. For BP4, TCP4, that's the Moose Jaw Plant, $140. Once again, that Moose Jaw Plant price is not changing for July. It's $140 base price floor to the week ending July 25th. Coming up, the Resource Report. Um. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. SAS Power says its first project has come into service through the Power Generation Partner Program. The S-Elect 284 kilowatt solar project completed commissioning on June 26th with the 28-year contract supply beginning June 27th. The facility connects to the provincial electrical grid near Priestville. The power generation program provides customers with the opportunity to generate power through renewable generation, such as solar or carbon-neutral non-renewable generation like flare gas. SAS Power recently announced the third and final intake of the program to take place in October. In total, the program will add up to 105 megawatts of renewable and carbon-neutral electricity to Saskatchewan. The provincial government says the June job growth rate was one of the best in Canada as more of the economy reopened amid a recovery from the impact of the pandemic. Saskatchewan saw an increase of 30,000 jobs, or 6% in June compared to May. Employment in Saskatchewan is now at 92.6% of the pre-COVID February level, ranking third highest recovery. The June unemployment rate was 11.6%, compared to a national average of 12.3%. Urban housing starts in Saskatchewan were the highest year-over-year growth in Western Canada and the second best in the nation, up 23%. Canada's main stock index was up in late morning trading, helped higher by gains in the key financial sector, while U.S. stock markets put in a mixed showing. 
The TSX Composite Index was up 62 points at 15,631. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 173 points at 25,879. The Canadian dollar traded at 73.61 cents U.S. compared with 73.77 cents on Thursday. The August crude oil contract was up 46 cents at $40.08 per barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Monday morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good work. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything A, 620 CKRM.